audio is good. All right. Hello and welcome to Goal Sided, the podcast where we cover North American soccer, including Liga Mekis, MLS, CONCACAF national teams, and all the rivalries within them. This is actually our first podcast, so who knows? We might expand more to that. More than that, um, a couple of the homies have already said, like, don't do those leagues, do a lot more. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. My name is Omar. I am your co-host. I'm here with Cesar. Cesar, say what's up. Hello, hello. That's good. Um, this is, like I said, this is our first episode, so we're going to kind of try to flex some verbal and mental muscles, I guess, trying to keep it simple. Um, what we're going to be doing is going over the transfers that have been confirmed and some of the rumors for Liga Mekis and MLS and just kind of comparing them, seeing what our reactions are to those. Uh, I get, But before we get started, maybe we could go a little bit about ourselves uh, and what kind of brought us here and why we're able to talk soccer. Like, are, are we just a bunch of randoms? Seth said you could get it started. Let's yeah, um, been playing soccer. Originally, I'm from Hollister, California. Playing, good. Eight through one. Yep, represent. Um, got started when I was in second grade. Ever since then, it's soccer every day, whether it's playing it or, you know, watching the games, going out to the to the stadiums to watch the games live. So it's just, you know, that's why I'm I'm happy and able to be able to talk about, you know, soccer here with yeah. what's good. Uh, so you, goal-sided. You're a you're a coach. Yeah. Too. So you have you your credentials are higher than mine to do this. <laughs> what do you do? Um, I am a coach at a an academy in Palo Alto. I've been coaching there specifically for the last year, and I coach uh, seven to twelve year olds currently, and just enjoy uh, coaching and being around the game for for the past year every day. Sometimes I don't even get days off. I know, so. I know, trust me, we've tried to do this for a while. <laughs> and we, it's either me not getting a day off or you not getting a day off. Um, you're, you play keep. Yep, played keeper at a community college down in Hartnell and also from a high school. Yeah, yeah that's good, good shit. Um, yeah, no, yeah, me and Tessa have been homies for like forever. That's why this kind of, I, I feel like it kind of felt pretty easy to do. Yeah. Just kind of vibe together. Um, but no, yeah, but this dude's a baller. A keeper, so he, he's gonna know a little bit of what we're talking about. He's gonna know when when you hear me talking about keeper stuff, like skills and stuff. I won't know, but he'll know. Uh, but I'll go. My, my name is Omar. Uh, I've been playing soccer since I was a kid too. Played high school. Um, was lucky enough to be able to play at the community college level here close by. We're both from Hollister, California. Um, tried out at my four year school. Actually, fun fact. Um, did not go well. Tried out for the uh, club team, and uh, they let me practice, but I didn't actually play because at that point I was already out of shape, and I figured I wasn't going to go pro. Um, Seth had one thing that I – oh, I'm a center back, uh, so defensive stuff, that's my go-to. Um, but Seth had the one thing you didn't answer, favorite soccer team in Ooh. MLS and then favorite soccer team in Mexico. This is, and this is going to be spicy because we already know each other. So. so favorite soccer team in Mexico. It's only the best in Mexico and Chivas. in North America. Um, no, America, Club America, uh, of course. Las Huilas. You know, the best. Um, and here for the MLS, I'm an Earthquakes fan. It's, it's kind of hard to say, but, you know, that's we're sticking in there. We're cheering them on whenever we can. Yeah, that's a little sad to say. Yeah. <laughs> 
me, Omar, I'm a Chivas fan in Mexico. So it's a struggle. And then even more of a struggle, I am also an Earthquakes fan. We're both here from the Bay, born Double and raised. Double whammy. That's why. Maybe I should, I mean, I should probably just switch teams. Uh, <laughs> no. I have season tickets. You go all the time, though, huh? I try to go as much as I can. Um, I was thinking of doing season tickets, but I saw the previous season and I saw their transfers last last year and i was like no i just i don't feel like it's right right now no i don't it's, i don't yeah. fucking blame you dude um the transfers aren't coming speaking of transfers we'll go into those in a bit um the ticket prices just came up a lot um yep. earthquakes don't cancel us if you guys ever hear this podcast um, we're just keeping it real <laughs> just keeping it real just i'm just laying it out this is feedback from the fans from a current season ticket holder bring those prices down there's actually a fun fact just kind of going off on a tangent there's a huge amount of people on Twitter that are Earthquakes fans that have been tweeting like, hey, I'm done after this season. Oh, yeah. I'm one of them. <laughs> so I that, saw that. But yeah, I, I, I just, I told my dude, take me off of auto renew, hit me up, and I'll let you know if I'm going to get them or not. And he just hit me up and I was like, I don't fucking know yet. But wow. a, lot, a lot of people on Twitter are like, hey, um, they're not doing it for me. It's a waste of my money. When I try to resell a game, I have to sell it for like, half off of what I get by game. Mm -hmm. And they're like, so it's not a good investment. It's not very good. The experience. Yeah. Experience. So they need to, they need to pick it up. Maybe one of these shows will have a section on a, or a segment on some horrible owners and uh, what they can do to get better. Yeah. Cause even uh, I saw on Twitter, there was this guy coming from Sonoma area, how they treated him really poorly. Yeah. But yeah, so even getting going to the game, making a commute for some season ticket holders to get treated like, yeah, that's the homie. Really bad, Eric Santiago. I'm gonna tag him so that he he listens to this. Yeah, um, yeah, Eric Santiago was uh, even got featured on the Quakes Twitter page, um, um, as like a a day in the life type thing, and it was him getting ready two hours away with right. his with his lady, huge Earthquakes fans, and they would drive out to every single game. And what I, from what I saw on Twitter, there was an issue where I think he was with the Sounders fan, like a friend. And right. they were getting kind of uh, berated, kind of like bugged by, uh, I think, fans around them. And then security came and were like, you need to go to the away section. And then he was like, no, this is my friend. And I think they ended up getting kicked out of the stadium. Wow. For not wanting to do that. And then, uh, yeah, hijinks ensued. And what I saw on Twitter, they just completely cut ties. Like, Eric was obviously, like, a super fan. And right. now he's, like, not a fan. To get featured on the Earthquakes Twitter page, to getting to then, kicked out. To getting kicked out of the stadium. Like, that's that's not showing love. Yeah. But shout out, Eric. Hopefully you see this. Hear this. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, let's get it going. Um, so, the way that we'll do it, um, like I said, we're just trying to flex some muscles, see if we like doing this, see how we sound. See if the damn thing actually records. <laughs> no, we have to do it all over again. Um, but Cesar, I was telling you, I got the list of transfers kind of by league. I'll go over some of the the names that stand out. I'll send. I'll shoot it over your way. You give me your your feedback on it, what you think, and then I'll jump in wherever necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's get let's get going. We'll start with MLS. Um, I'll tell you guys why in a bit when we get to the guy Mackey's. If it's not obvious already. If it's not obvious by by us actually knowing the players' names. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's do it. Um, I'll give you a two for or a three for, I mean, like two, three for one. Yeah. 
in Toronto, there's a huge spiel going on right now. Uh, I know you know about the Italian dudes coming in, but I, um, and they have Alejandro Pozuelo on Toronto, but he just recently got traded over to Inter Miami. Alejandro Pozuelo was the MVP, I believe, last year. He's the best player easily on Toronto, and they just gave him up to get that uh, designated player spot. And for folks that are just learning about MLS, uh, in the MLS you get three designated player spots where you can pay a player above a certain threshold uh, to have them on the team, uh, either their salary or like a signing, uh, the, the signing fee. Um, uh, and it allows to bring some of the biggest players. It started because of David Beckham, right. fun fact. Um, but now players like Hector Herrera and Alejandro Pozuelo in this case are here because of that. But they traded him to Inter Miami for peanuts, I think. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so they they opened up a spot. Right. But, I mean, they did really good. They got Federico Bernardeschi from Juventus. Okay. And they got uh, Lorenzo Insigne from Napoli. So I'll just, I'll give you those three and just give me your thoughts on whichever the three you want. Um, first of all, I thought Pozuelo deserves a, a bit more respect after oh, what he real. did. Yeah, dude. So... But, I mean, to be fair to Toronto, these two guys coming in, Insigne, really good player coming out of Napoli, really creative, really good goal scorer. And then we have Bernardeschi, who's really young. I believe he's like 28, I think. Okay, 28. He's still in his prime. So I think the guys coming in are going to be really good and are going to help out Toronto. So so what do you think? Um, I'll kind of switch it up and see what you think. What do you think for their careers with regards to, um, like, they've been getting criticized a lot because they're coming to what a lot of people still think of as a retiring league. Right. Um, but like you said, Bernadeschi's 28. I think Insignia's 31, something yeah. like that. They're, they're good. They're young. Um, Italy didn't make it to the World Cup, right? They're not there. Yeah. So they, I think they have a little bit of wiggle room with, like, why they're doing it and stuff, but... What do you think? Do you think that they're coming to like better the league, to better their careers, to kind of just get it over with? What, what do you think? I think Insigne is coming over because he wants like a second breath to like revitalize his career. He wants a new challenge. And I think MLS is not really, I feel like it's transitioning from a retired retirement league to over to a more like more serious, more competitive league. They just won the the CONCACAF Champions League yeah. for the first time. So I think them coming over and a bunch of all these other big names really emphasizes that the MLS is growing up. Yeah. And, True. you know, it makes it exciting for the fans. And then, <coughs> you know, it's just, it's going to be great watching all these players. No, oh, yeah. Um, and that is crazy. Yeah, shout out to Seattle for winning the, the Champions League, right, against Pumas. For Liga Mekis fans, Pumas let us all down. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Pumas. And uh, just for the context, Cesar's wearing a Pumas jersey. Yeah. In, instead of his querido America, Look, literally the rivals. You're wearing a the story jersey. Story to this, okay? It's just, all right, hit me with it real quick. It was cheap. <laughs> that's what it is. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> and and for that's my coaching, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. That's a beautiful jersey. Yeah, it's a really nice jersey. I like the the colors. It was cheap, and I needed I needed jerseys because I coach every day. So I go through my I didn't have many many 
jerseys to to go through during my week. So um, I just needed something to wear. I feel it. <laughs> that's a great jersey though. I've I've been I was telling you that I want my thing to be like wearing different jerseys while we're doing these, and I bought a whole bunch of MLS jerseys. Um, I've been trying to thrift them or buy them secondhand, but like the freaking uh, Liga Mekis jerseys to find original ones on like eBay so hard people are just selling the non-original ones and for the same price like if they were fucking originals yeah it's crazy yeah it's freaking wild so okay cool so talent players what are your thoughts i'll come in i i think it's amazing for the league like they're getting players that could have gone to uh, like I know that they were done with their clubs and stuff. They could have gone to other top teams. They could have gone to other to different leagues. They could have left Serie A and gone to Spain uh, and killed it over there. Uh, but they came over here. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna tear it up with Toronto. Um, but I think for the MLS, it's great for their careers. I think it, uh, I think it might be a little bit too easy for them here. <laughs> um, but as the league gets better, it's going to be tougher. I mean, they're going to, they're going to play the likes of LA, uh, LAFC and they're going to be going up against Gareth Bale and Chuchorango and, and the earthquakes. Don't and, forget it. <laughs> oh God. I don't, I do not want to see these fools when they play the earthquakes. I'm going to sell them my fucking tickets that day. I'm, <laughs> I'm legit. I'm not even going to watch on TV. It's just going to make me cry. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, let's leave Toronto alone. Let's bring it back to the U S of A. Um, or actually not the US of A, but let's do a little a Mexican action. Um, we're both Mexican here. Uh, Hector Herrera, coming from Atlético de Madrid to Houston Dynamo. Uh, he came on a free, actually. Uh, that fool is 32 years old. Uh, and he has gotten criticized a lot in Mexico. What do you What do you think? Well, as a Mexican, like, I just feel like there's no way him coming to the MLS helps the Mexican national team in any way. Yeah. It's just we have him coming over to I get it for the money, for the for the fame that you know, a Mexican of that name comes over gets um like what Chicharito got when he went to LA Galaxy. But like you just want these Mexicans to stay in Europe and stay competitive. But instead they're coming to Houston. Which, no offense to Houston, but, you know, it's completely different playing in Houston, playing L.A., whoever they play, you know, week in, week out, to uh, staying in Atletico Madrid, where they play Real Madrid, where they play Sevilla, where they play Barcelona. It's just a different yeah. competitive environment. And, and where he practices against yeah. great players like Rodrigo de Paul, who he's going to play against in the World Cup. Yeah. And, like, he would have been one of the few players that, like, could say I've trained with somebody who we're going to go up against who's going to start. Yeah. Most likely. Um, but now we lost that, right? Yeah. Um, and I think a really interesting one was, I don't know if you saw when um, Luis Suarez was thinking of going to a different, well, he is going to a different team. I don't think he has a team right now. I don't think he has one. Uh, and uh, they were asking him if he was coming to the MLS, and he's like, I got more to give over here yeah and he was entertaining offers from Aston Villa and all these teams but 
I think he's older than we, I think he's 33 or like right around the same age as Herrera, but he has that different mindset because that he mean, wants to go to the World Cup having played at the top level. That mentality. And that's and, the mentality that I feel like every Mexican sh- should have that drive, that hunger. Yeah. You know, just give it your best until they tell you no. Yeah. When, when the tough thing is Mexico doesn't have the same number as the U.S. of like uh, amount of players that they're exporting right now, right? The U.S. is exporting like freaking crazy. Yeah. Uh, and Mexico has a limited number of players in Europe. Even less that are starting uh, and even less starting in top divisions. And Herrera was like that that guy. He was the man. He was They made it far in Champions League. Yep. And he was playing... And, uh, yeah, he just came here. What would you say to the folks that are saying, or w- what he said, he wants to be close. He wants to be able to uh, get ready as best as possible to be uh, to go to the World Cup because MLS season started a couple months ago versus Europe, which hasn't started yet. Do you, do you give him any wiggle room or you're just like, dog, you, you just came for the money. You came to do whatever. Like, I get that he came for the money. He came for the, I guess, being closer to Mexico. Um, But I just don't, I don't give him that wiggle room. Yeah. I, I can't sit here and say, even practicing against your teammates in Atletico Madrid mm-hmm. is at a higher level than, you know, playing games at the MLS. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. Um, and like like we we're saying, the MLS is getting a lot, a lot better, right? But but it, it's a different it's a different ball game, right? Yeah, we've been seeing a lot of interviews with a lot of people that have been uh, from the Mexico national team side that have stayed over there, and that they're like they share that same opinion. They're like, we're out here because we're trying to better ourselves or do something better with our careers for the for the entire selection as a whole. Right. And uh, when folks kind of go back, it kind of diminishes that effort a little bit. Yeah. But, but my, I guess my main opinion is uh, for the Mexican national team, it's a loss. But I get that for him and his family. Oh, yeah. It's a gain. Yeah. And, and it's interesting how families come into play because um, we're kind of going cross leagues. But Carlos Salcedo, speaking of Toronto, he left Toronto oh, to go right. to Bravos. I I don't – I swear I read somewhere that it was because his, his – wife was having some health issues or something um but like it's family issues right that take right. you back over to mexico right which is interesting because he started his career at um colorado rapids or ross salt lake one of those oh, right I, I think it was ross salt lake that's where he started yeah. off. yeah oh yeah ross salt lake i always get those two mixed up Goddamn. yeah don't cancel us <laughs> uh pretty sure that's where he started yeah he started there and then he went to chivas and uh so like i i i th- I figured like his life was here and like he coming back here is like kind of like coming home. Yeah. Right. But seems to be. Yeah. Like I feel like it, it's more prevalent as they get older. They start thinking more about their family, their family, like their kids. Oh yeah. That's totally. how they start structuring their, their careers. True. 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 Cool. Herrera. Big dud. I guess <laughs> that's what we're saying. Yeah. Maybe he'll surprise us, you know, that's but true. Let, we'll all right. See. Let's, let's big name after big name. Jesus Christ. Gareth Bale. Oh, here. the golfer. So so let's see if you keep your same opinion. Gareth Bale is, what, 32, 33 years old, two years older. I mean, two years is a big difference in soccer years. But he left Real Madrid 
top league, one of the top leagues in the world, top team, literally the top team in the world, won the Champions League to go to LAFC. His argument was the same, coming because he needs to be top form for Wales, and he can't, like, give up this time, uh, right? Yeah. But now he's in LAFC. At the time of our recording, he I think he's played one game. And he got he went in he got a good good couple touches. What do you think? Well, I still feel the same way. I feel like maybe he had offers in the Premier League to stay over there and play uh, and practice practice this off season, play some few scrimmages or friendlies, and then start off um, the Premier League. But you know, for him. just i don't know i feel the same way like as actor herrera they should say in your yeah I'll, I'll play devil's advocate i think lafc is better than maybe some of the lower quality european teams that maybe we're offering stuff uh-huh. um lafc i think it's stacked top to bottom not compared to our earthquakes we cannot right. say that we're stacked at all Poor earthquakes. Yeah, poor earthquakes. <laughs> but like Carlos Vela is still playing at a very top level. Uh, Chicho Arango is doing freaking killer at the striker position. Brian Rodriguez is getting back to it. I think he's injured. Um, I, they have that full Ilya Sanchez. I think the center mid is like Spanish. Um, but they have a they have a very good team. And Giorgio Kelini, let's just throw him in there, and we'll Jeez. talk about him too. But like that's a good team. Kelini's a little old, but. You're telling me that fool's not going to fuck up some guys like, oh, yeah. in the back? But, like, I, I think I think Gareth Bale can get a good amount out of this, especially if what it is is form, because we all know that that fool likes to golf and he doesn't love soccer, I think, the most. Like another Vela. Yeah, Carlos Vela, for the folks listening that don't know, Carlos Vela on LAFC does not like soccer. He says he moved to L.A. because of basketball mainly. Jeez. Top of the world at Arsenal and Real Sociedad, right next to Griezmann, and you decided to come. Right, that's to crazy. LAFC, um, but now they they stack the team around him. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Gareth Bale can get a good amount, a good out of it because he probably wouldn't be doing anything productive for that Wales national team. But now he seems to be getting a little bit of an edge on a lot of the European players. And he might be getting in shape. Who knows? And L.A. has some amazing golf courses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then in terms of Giorgio Chiellini, I think it was a really good pickup for both <coughs> LAFC and MLS. Yeah, totally. Because he was playing the, the final for the Euros a, a year ago. So mm-hmm. this guy, I know he's older, but he's going to bring a lot of that experience, that defensive Italian grit that they have. And it's going to be really good for the league and really f- good for the young players that are at, at LAFC. Yeah. And that and that's, I think, one of the biggest things for MLS and for Liga Mekis with regards to these big-name transfers is that sometimes they take the spot of a young domestic player. Right. Right. I um, I think he's taking uh, Falls, uh, their center back right now. I think he's taking his spot, uh, which I don't think is a domestic player. But then that turns into when MLS players, young players, are export, exported out to Europe, 
mm-hmm. they go for a really like good price, like a really low price. Yeah. In comparison to in Liga MX, you bring in all these extranjeros, but then one of those kids that makes it up to the first team, now they're selling him for like 17, 15 million dollars yeah. when they should really be selling him at like 7 or 5. True. To be able to get him out, you know? Yeah. And that's really what's stopping a lot of these Mex- young Mexican nationals going to Europe and finding these better leagues. Yeah. I yeah, I totally agree. And um Mamadou Fall, he's from Senegal, but he's 19. Jesus Christ. I'm young, yeah. But yeah, the their whole backline is non-domestic. Um so that problem will be there. But yeah, I think Kalini's going to totally come in and help out. Probably I think he took Fall's spot. And I'm sure he's going to be his mentor. And right. Imagine you at 19 working under Chiellini. Like, wouldn't you love that? Yeah. And that dude seems to have, like, such a great personality. Like, yeah. you see that game against Spain where he was oh, laughing yeah. it off, chopping it up with um, Jordi Alba. Yep. And, uh, like, at the coin flip. And, like, after the game, like, four penalties, I think. And he's just having the time of his fucking life. No wonder he went to L.A. Loving what he does. Yeah, that's true. I, w- I was always wondering, like, a lot of the players that want to be ballers and stuff, they go to the L.A. area because it's L.A., right? They don't come to the Bay because the Bay is not, like, <laughs> the most... The Bay's hella lit, I'm not going to lie, but yep. but L.A. is, like, the influencer life. It's, like, the shiny life and all this stuff, Hollywood. Right? Yeah, Hollywood's there. Um, but Giorgio Collini does not strike me as that type of guy. Oh, you'd be surprised. I mean, I'm sure, I mean... <laughs> I'm sure I, if I, I looked him up, he probably has some scandals. In I it. feel like he's the type of guy to, like, be low-key, but, like, go hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's probably in some fucking scandals. <laughs> if you Google his shit at Juventus, he's probably, like, freaking. Okay, but if we're wrong, don't cancel us. Yeah, we're yeah, just... don't cancel us. We're just talking shit. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's see who else we got. From um, some of the big names standpoints, they're really interesting. Oh, let so let's switch it up a little bit. I I don't know if you know too much about this player. Played for the U.S. men's national team uh, in a lot of the World Cup qualifiers. He just left Tenerife in Spain. I think second division. Are they first or second? And he came to Nashville. Shaq Moore. You oh. see him outside back. Uh, if you don't know too much, I I'll, I'll give some thoughts on it. But this uh, the reason why I ask you is because he is. 25 years old. Okay. Was the starting right back for a split second under Berhalter um, for a good minute. And then obviously they have a whole stack back line right now. So he's maybe in the running to make the squad. Um, but he left his European squad at a younger age and came back. Um, and not just on a, not just on a loan, but fully transferred back to Nashville. Wow. The interesting thing that I that I can think of this, the leading person to start in that back line for the U.S. is Walker Zimmerman, who plays for Nashville FC. It's like Nashville SC. Sorry, don't freaking cancel me, guys. <laughs> but um, the only thing I can think of is probably wanting to play right next to him so that they can get used to each other and hopefully sneak his way sneak into in the lineup. There. But it might be a different kind of mindset that, that certain people have here that it's not that bad to come back. I know there's a lot of Euro snobs in us men's national team, Twitter that are like no MLS players, no MLS players. Right. But 
I know that there are a good amount of people that are like, MLS is coming up, so bring them back. Let them play more minutes than be over there and not play at all. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. Maybe he does want to do it because going to a World Cup, you know, you got to play all your cards to be able to, you know, have that experience and represent your country. So maybe for him, it was a good idea to come and play next to, uh, who'd you say? Walker Zimmerman. Walker Zimmerman and getting used to that partnership and, you know. Oh, yeah. Knowing that Greg Berhalter is in the U.S. and can watch these games and go to them, maybe he, for him, it felt right to to move back. And if he's still young, you know, maybe he he does end up going to a World Cup. He has a good role at the World Cup, and maybe he'll go to a bigger club than than it was. No yeah. offense to them, of course, True. but but you know, maybe to the EPL or that's a really good point. If he stands out, like he came out from that amazing FC Dallas academy. That literally puts out everyone. And then he went to Levante. And then he went over to France on loan. Or Spain. Sorry. Rose is in Spain. Goddamn. Uh, and then he ended up at Tenerife where he had a lot of games. Tenerife is in Portugal, no? No, they're in Spain. I mean. Oh, okay. Spain. They are in the second division, though. Got it. Um, but, I mean, that's where that question comes, right? Is second division in Spain better than first division MLS? I mean, and a lot of people say yes. I, I but don't necessarily think so. I think that goes more into where the MLS is growing up and is able to have a slightly more competitive uh, league than mm -hmm. the second division of Spain. I think any second division, the German or the the even the English Premier League, is not better than. MLS. Yeah. That that's a good take. That's an interesting take because uh <coughs> I got your phone. <laughs> Cesar just dropped his phone. But but that that's interesting because um in the championship the championship, which is the second division in England, Fulham just, just got moved up and they had Anthony Robinson, who is the starting right back for the US men's national team. And he's raw. He's so good. Um, and their whole lineup was stacked. They had that dude, the star forward from Ukraine. Um, they they have a freaking sick lineup. And they now they promoted up to first division, and they stacked it even more. Now there's wow. rumors that they're trying to get a lot of, like, of the American stars. Um, but I I think going to a very top championship league team. One that's gonna make it to the Premier League, yeah, is probably good. But like, yeah, you to your point, then Tenerife, yeah, not gonna do it. Yeah, but I'm sorry, <laughs> outside of both leagues, one hot thing that just happened: Real Oviedo, oh, just yeah. got owned by um, the same group that owns Santos Laguna in Mexico and Atlas Grupo Orlegi. You sure? I thought Grupo Orlegi was um, the other club. I think they just bought them this week. Real Oviedo is a Grupo Pachuca. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're thinking about, I forgot the other club. Gijón? Yeah, Sporting de Gijón. Yeah. They're the ones by Orlegi. But Oviedo went and signed two Mexican players. Yep. 
Um, one is obvious because it's the same ownership group of Pachuca, which I should have put two and two together. Um, but they they signed a left back from Pachuca. Um, the right back is Kevin Alvarez, which is weird that they didn't take him because he's killing it. Yeah. But they took the left back. I, will, I forgot what his name is. I'll look him up in a second. Um, and then they signed Mar- Marcelo Flores. Yep. I don't Congrats. think it's 1,000% confirmed, but I, I see all the graphics. He confirmed it, Marcelo Flores. Him and his dad, huh? Yeah. His dad put like a freaking plane emoji. Like, oh, sh- nice. Um, Excited for him. Excited for Marcelo. He's going to, hopefully he's going to get his uh, professional debut soon. That's true. And he it is. got it, Arsenal. No. And it is on loan. So. Oh, yeah, and no option to buy either. Oh, those okay. fools are smart. So don't give them an option to buy. That fool tears it up, and then they're like, "Yeah, exactly. I'll freaking buy it." Yeah, because uh, Marcelo Flores was training with the Arsenal first squad mm-hmm. last season, um, which is why I thought he w- might have been on the traveling team that's going on the U.S. tour. But oh. um, maybe the plans were there or, or not. Or well, that's it. Was interesting because they took thirty three people. 33 players. Um, and they brought a lot of players that I would think Arsenal doesn't take into account, like Bellerin, uh Leno, who's about to get sold, I think. But they didn't take young players. Yeah. They didn't take Charlie Patino, who's like one of the brightest stars on their young squad, and they didn't he, they didn't take Marcelo Flores. Yeah. But now we know maybe why. Yep. But back to North America. <laughs> Um, do you have? Do you know any rumors of players coming to MLS that you think is are interesting and that we can uh, fight over whether they're true or whether they would they're just like completely bullshit? No, no, I don't. I do um, wanted to maybe get your take on Wayne Rooney becoming uh, the DC, DC coach coming from Derby County. What's your take on that? I know he did really well as a as a player at DC. Yeah, he did. He did great there. He was scoring some sick goals. I heard he left DC United because of um, family issues as well. Right. I think with his wife at the time. If if not, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna literally any any fact that we give, we're just like if not, sorry. Yeah, don't cancel us. It's our <laughs> first episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, he did pretty good at Derby County, right? right. Um, but I. He, he didn't. I would love to say I would have loved to see him on like a first division team before coming. But obviously, if he got a first division team in England, he wouldn't be coming to the MLS. Yeah, he would stay in first division in England. But I, th- I, th- I think it's a great thing. I mean, for the fans, DC United, I think is in dead last. Oh wow! Um, and um, they need that pick me up. And when you sign, a, like, a, he wasn't here for that long, but he is a D.C. United legend because yeah. the name, it's going to be awesome. It's going to help turn stuff around. Yeah, they have 18 points there in last place. They have, they have two games less than the majority of teams, one or two games. But they're not doing that. Yeah, and then um, I feel like a lot of uh – Whenever new managers come to teams, they kind of bring in players that they've worked with before. Mm-hmm. So you get that that as well from uh, Wayne Rooney. I know he's already signed maybe one or two players from Derby County to come help him out in this squad. Mm-hmm. And um, knowing the type of person he is, I know he did really well at Derby. 
County. Um, he, he they did eventually get relegated, but I know they had like a fifteen point deficit or some crazy yeah. like that before. Um, and he closed the gap. He closed the gap pretty well. Not enough, of course, but I do think that him coming to the to the MLS to DC is going to pick up the spirits, and it's going to be really interesting if he does well or not. I'm rooting for him to do well, and I think he's got. You know, him as a player was really good, and he's shown a little bit of what he can do as a manager at Derby County. So hopefully he, he does well with this T.C. United. So he was, he was on the sideline for two games already against Minnesota, How which is rough because Minnesota is fucking wrecking everyone right yeah. now. Minnesota, they, they lost 2-0. Uh, and then they went and smacked Everton 4-0. So is <laughs> D.C. United the worst team in MLS better than Everton? Yeah. Who am I to say? I'm just kidding. Um, but and then they played Bay- and they played Bayern, um, and Sadio Mane scored his first goal with, um, hey, you know what we're not doing that bad with non MLS facts and uh, I mean people are gonna be like yes you are yes you are <laughs> <laughs> but we're I mean we know we know who knows maybe if the demands there we'll, we'll move let us know we'll spread it out yeah give us some feedback but yeah Sadio Mane scored his first goal and penalty kick against Wayne Rooney's DC United. They won six to two. Not that great. Yeah, but but Cesar, let's switch it up. Let's do it. Let's keep folks on their toes. Let's go to the Madre Patria. Let's talk a little es- a little Espanol. No, not Espanol. Um, let's yeah, let's right. talk Liga Mekis. Dime primero, ¿quién te hizo a Chivas fan? For the non-Spanish speakers, he just asked me who made me a Chivas fan, which is. This is an interesting story. I I would actually love to say it here because it's most likely going to be most of our friends listening to this first <laughs> podcast, and uh, it'd be good to, for them to know why I like the team that I like. Um, so I was born a Cruz Azul fan. Híjole. My dad is from Mexico City. Okay. Capitalino de corazón. Uh, born and raised in Mexico City. The biggest Cruz Azul fan. Um, his whole family's Cruz Azul fan. I was a Cruz Azul fan, die hard as a little, little kid. And then apparently five, six, seven years old or something like that, maybe like five years old. um, My uncles from my mom's side are all Chivas fans. And they somehow convinced me to start liking Chivas. I think as a joke at first, but then like I was about it. Yeah. And I remember in the 90s, they they lost the final to Necaxa. Or to no 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 to Toros Nesa, similar colors. Who Toros Nesa is not in the first division anymore. And I cried. Wow. I remember I was a little kid and I was like, Why are they doing We're that? Feeling those colors. I was in the I was in the fields. But you know what's interesting is that now, um, as a grown adult, I feel like I I kind of remember that I was a Cruz Azul fan and like I low key feel for them. And like yeah. I, I do root for them, but then there's also the rivalry with my dad, which has been fun. Right. So, like, I feel like I'm a Cruz Azul fan when he's not around, when he's not looking. <laughs> but we did really share a great moment when they won the Novena a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, when they beat Santos and got their ninth championship after 20 years. Yep. Um, my dad was the happiest I've fucking seen my dad. Yep. Uh, and it was so it was so awesome to see him happy. Um, and I felt like a Cruz Azul fan at that moment. I was like, I'm going to buy a jersey. Yeah, I did not buy a jersey. <laughs> 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 so, 
That's that awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a cool story. Uh, I don't think my dad really hates that I'm a Chivas. I mean, when we're around friends and stuff, he's like, oh, he's a Chivas fan. Yeah. But, but I feel like he, he finds fun in it, and he knows that I, I got love for Grizzly Soul still. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So what made you an America fan? Oh, so for me, I'm from Zacatecas, so I was born there. Then I came over to Hollister, but for some reason, I remember having a Toluca jersey. And I don't know why. I just remember having a red Toluca jersey when I was like like four or five. And I don't, my dad wasn't really a big soccer fan. Um, and then, I, I, I don't know. I haven't asked. I should. But I'll figure out why I have that. A Toluca, I had a Toluca jersey. But anyways, um, my uncle from my dad's side was living us at the time. And he would always watch the America games. Always, he would tell me, Mira, mijo, venga, se venga, se, come over here. Sit down and watch this America game with me. And I'd go over there to my uncle and just watch the America game. So it just became, you know, maybe after a season or less, I just started watching it with him. It became like our thing and, you know, became an America fan. Grew up watching Cuauhtémoc Blanco, Clever, El Piojo Lopez, that 2006 squad that was killing it. They were wrong. And just, just loved them and... Dang. And yeah, so that, that's my story. It I wasn't mean, that like you got dropped on your head and then like oh that no, was like no, the only no, thing that. that could make it in. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> but well, yeah, well that's sad to hear. But no, yeah, yeah, America back in the days. I mean, now they're starting to pick it up, but I think overall, always been a powerhouse. Yeah. Right? So like, I could totally see if, like, if you're hanging out with your uncle and like. He's showing you this team, even though you got a jersey from a different team. You're like, dude, these guys are sick. And that excitement that, you know, he was having watching that game. You know, as a little kid, you just absorb all of that and just want to become part of it. True, true, true. So, yeah, that's why we're switching into Liga Mekis. From I think we didn't really go into why we're Earthquakes fans, but I think people can assume it's because we're from the Bay. We're from, from the, Bay. the San Jose area-esque. Um, yeah, I, and that's all it is. Trying to show them some love and be like like they're our favorite thing in the world, but they just need to pick it up, man. Story for another day. We'll bitch about it more. Oh, trust It'll me. It'll be like a. It's gonna be a regular segment. It's just gonna be us. Yeah. Talking, talking about something and then be like, wish the quakes would do that. God damn it. Yeah, I wish the quakes would bring someone like. <laughs> Literally anyone. I don't care. Not someone like someone. Just anyone they, there's no rumors they even brought Ebosi. is that how you say his name yeah and like he's killing it yeah like yeah. bro like come on yeah they brought jebo nicknamed jebo jeremy Ebosi. they brought him from portland last year great signing and then in the off season they did mls off season is the winter window right right and they got um they got young gray goose from minnesota who is a like kind of bench on minnesota and then they got francisco calvo from Chicago Fire, and he was good for like not a fan favorite in Chicago because he would mess up. All right, and he just left. He got signed by a team in Turkey. How long was he here for? Like six months. Six months, if Less that. Six months, yeah. And yeah. they got Jamiro Monteiro from um, Philadelphia Union, who that's a great signing because he was a designated right. player with them. Came over as a designated player, and has a good amount of assists. It's killing it. But nothing in the summer transfer window. No rumors. 
know nothing. That's our segment Crickets. called bitching about the earthquakes. Stay tuned for next time. Maybe I'll cuss some more. Or maybe like 10 minutes from now. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> We're going to be talking a Mexican team. We're like, yeah. why don't the fucking earthquakes <laughs> do this? Fuck, man. But I don't think that'll actually happen because you know what? Um, what I was mentioning earlier, we're looking at the list of Liga Mekis players coming, and uh, it's not the same. I'll tell you. Yeah. That. Freaking MLS is bringing Champions League quality team players, Euros quality players, starters for the World Cup quality players, and uh, Liga Mekis. We got to sort through this list because I mean. Cause yeah, you're gonna tell me a name and I'm gonna be like, who? You're like, who? Who do what? Um, I mean, so Liga Mekis has always been known for being very good at pulling talent from South America. Right. Right. Yeah. But now MLS is doing is beating them for a lot of those contracts. They're getting the um, uh, the dude from Portland is uh Diego Chara, right? His brother Yumi. No, they got Yimi Chara and Diego Chara was from Monterrey. Uh, but, like, they're getting a lot of these players who, who like, are killing it in South America. And they usually go to Mexico. And then Mexico exports them to Europe. Right. And MLS is just fucking, like, you know what? We're just going to cut that middleman. We'll get them. Outbid you guys. And that's and how they, they get. they don't even have to outbid. Like, sorry to cut you off. No, but, like, you. sometimes, like, you take a look at the the quality of living the style of living like where oh, do you yeah. want to live in mexico where you have you know possible violence and stuff. violence cartels or live in america which you know you're you have nice suburbs you have better quality of living so it's it's just different now like i said the mls is starting to grow up and take all those bids from south america and yeah. europe yeah, and, it, and like New York FC has been getting a lot of Brazilian players. They have they have like two to three very good ones. Um, a lot, a couple of them are in the, in the MLS All Star team. I think I'll I'll say it right now. I think a good next topic for next week, if we just kind of stick to like a general topic like this transfers, we should do comparing the MLS All Star team with Liga Mekis. They just dropped them both, right? So, so we'll do that. Stay tuned. So we got an episode to you guys. We're not just a, <laughs> we're not just doing a pilot episode. We got a we got booked for another episode. Um, but yeah, they're they're just coming right in. And they're just like, you know what? Give me that, give me that motherfucker. Yeah, we'll take him, and then we'll see you guys in the Champions League. Let's see if y'all could fucking keep up. But yeah, let's get started. Uh, Jesus Christ, going through this. Fucking list. All right. Um, so. We'll start off with uh, maybe El Cabecita. Yeah, I, I was I was doing it for dramatic effect. So the, the names are very, the <laughs> names are good. There are good players coming to Mexico. There are good players coming to Mexico, and I will do a two for as well for for oh, you, man. just like we did with Italy with uh, not Italy, <laughs> Italy FC uh, Toronto. <laughs> no, America got Nestor Araujo, and they got Jonathan El Cabecita oh, Rodriguez. Yeah. Jonathan El Cabecita Rodriguez. Ex Cruz Azul right. star won them the novena. Basically, he scored the goal against uh, Santos, and I think he was the top scorer that that year. He's freaking killing it. Goes to I believe uh, Saudi Arabian league. Yep, does not do hot. 
doesn't I don't even I don't think he started half of his games. Um didn't score very much. I think he might have scored a handful of goals. Comes back and instead of going back to Cruz Azul, he goes to freaking America. Yep. To the eternal rivals. What do you think? I think it's a good signing for America. They need they need that raw striker. I know Henry Martin is there and that other Uruguayo, I forgot his name. Um, but Fredrick Covinas. Fredrick Covinas, andale ese. Y, but they, they want to have um, somebody who can score the goals. Killer. Yeah, a killer, natural killer. And I think he's the guy. He, that's a good bet. And he wasn't doing hot in Saudi Arabia. So they said, you know what? Come back. You were comfortable here. You were scoring lots of goals. Come do it for us now. I think that's a good pickup for America. You know what's another interesting thing? When he was with Cruz Azul about to leave, because he's at the top of his career or at least in like that experience in Mexico, he was on the Uruguay national team. There you go. And now he doesn't get called for the bench. Right. And now they got they got uh Uruguay has all their starters doing very well. Luis Suarez is doing perfectly fine. Cavani is doing very good. Um, now they have Darwin Nunez. Yep. He just scored four goals today. Liverpool star, future star, hopefully. Uh, yeah, he scored four goals today against Leipzig, I saw, right before we started this. Um, but Cabecita doesn't fit anymore, right? Because he's not scoring anywhere at those levels. Yep. If your backup is scoring four goals you don't need cabecita. No. Um, but what I think, and I, I'm sure you probably share the same opinion, comes back because he tore it up in that league. He could score a lot in this league. And if he does, he can maybe squeeze into that World Cup yep. roster. Um, and it'd be interesting. He's, I, He scored one already, right? He he already he notched a goal. Um, but he... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he can keep that same level because America has brought back Nico Castillo. Hey. Remember, he went Pumas, Benfica. Oh, sucked. No, he le- he. They brought him back. Yeah, America was the one that brought him back. Okay, uh, he yeah. Went he Pumas was the leader of the goleo. Right. Went to Benfica, mm-hmm. and then America brought him back. And then that's when he got that terrible injury. And he got he kept getting injured. Right. And. Yeah, he did not do well, and then he ended up at Akaksa, and he didn't even make the squad. They let him go. Wow. Uh, just this season. Um, and they did it with one. I think they did it with Vosso. Santos. Yep. And then, and then he went. I, I don't know if he went to Europe, but he was at the top of his game, came back not at the top of his game, and then did not. I mean, then he, did, he, was, he was good at America for a while. For a little bit, and then he yeah. kind of. I think that was around the time where um, he got called up for the national team for a bit. And that's he found his groove and was in playing for Mexico and did pretty well. Um, Yeah, and Nestor Arajo. That's another. I feel the same way that I feel towards Hector Herrera. Just stay over there. Yeah. Don't come back. He was uh, starting most of the games. He was playing really well for Celta. Um, so I don't know why he came back. I don't he know. was starting most games. Yeah. And like, dude, you're defending Benzema. Right. Dog. We're going to hope we have somebody with those skills in the World Cup like yeah. next goal. But, 
You know what's interesting? Celta Vigo just got rid of all their Mexican players. Nestor Araujo, well, it's not that many. Araujo <laughs> and Orlin Pineda. Yeah. Orlin Pineda's at Athens now. But they win for North America. They signed Luca de la Torre, who is American, um, uh, tearing it up at the World Cup qualifiers with the U.S. And uh, now with Celta de Vigo. He was supposed to, I think he was supposed to debut yesterday, but he got COVID. Oh, damn. Damn, Corolla wires. Got him. Jeez. But yeah, I mean, Nestor Araujo coming back. I mean, I guess it's maybe good for him. Got a decent contract at America, but in terms of playing, playing wise, I feel like he would have been better at Celta, especially if you're a starter. Yeah, starting that many games, he's starting more than Hector Herrera. That's true. You know what's interesting? I don't know if you saw the beginning of the the first couple of games of America, but um, they had a young kid, 21 years old, I think, Emilio Lara. Who tore it up against Atlas, defending against Quinones, who got MVP. Yeah. Freaking monster. And did well, I think. It was a pretty low-scoring game. Did his job. Really did well. 0-0 or 1-1, yeah. something like that. Yeah, and, uh, and then the next game he gets benched because the star center back from Europe just from showed up. Nestor Araujo came back. Yeah, isn't that kind of wild? Terrible. And then that's kind of where we go with, like, these Mexican these youngsters, they don't they, they don't get the shot. They don't get an opportunity to show up, and when they do, next game they don't start. Exactly, they do they well once, and then they just get rid of them. Yeah, and it's like they had a good game, but for some reason, the the, the manager, the the coach, doesn't want to put him back. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. There's a. My dad actually brought up a really good point when I told I, I always vent to him about these things. Right. And he was telling me, he's like, Omar, you, the thing you have to understand is Mexico, unlike all the other leagues, has the, one of the shortest seasons, like 16, 15 games. Uh, and they, uh, they, they need to win now, the coaches, or else they get fired four or five games of not winning, right? Yeah. The Quakes started with Matias Almeida, hating on the Quakes again. He lost... <laughs> He did not win seven games. The first seven, seven or eight games, and it was a record that th- that they didn't win a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they uh, they split ways amicably, right? And it's because those are projects, right? They have this understanding that like they're going to take longer. Shout out to Matias Almeida and, and the coaching squad. I love them. They're over there in Athens. So I hope they do well. Um, but like, it's a little bit different in Mexico. They have such short games. If you don't win two games you shot yourself in the foot and you might not make the playoffs, right? Yeah. So, like, people say, like, my dad was saying, he's like, they'd rather put in the extranjero or the 26-year-old Mexico player who that kid's not going to go to the national team in two years, right, than putting the 19-year-old, the 20-year-old, who maybe in two, three years is going to be a, a stud. But they, they're just like, I got to win now. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Maybe, I guess, playing that flip side, the way it's structured now, the Liguilla, like you have the first four going directos. Oh, yeah. And the rest of Repechaje. So, like, I, maybe there is that wiggle room, but they don't want to maybe lose their job. So, maybe that's why they don't. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I get it, but it just sucks for that young Oh, young yeah. There has kid. to be a change. 
Structural. Um, a structural change. change. There used to be that rule, 20 once, I think. You could, if you put players in under the age of 20, um, if you put players in under the age of 20, uh, you like accumulate minutes as they go. Mm-hmm. And then you had to reach a quota. Oh, okay. And I think I remember. If you remember that. that. Yeah. And if they if they didn't hit that quota, um, they would get fined. And I remember Chivas was always the ones that would get it like in week four because they would have hella young players always playing, right? Um, I don't think they do. I definitely don't think they do that anymore because I don't see it. Um, and nobody has kids under 20. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, 12 teams in make the playoffs out of 18. I think the I think in Mexico they just um, put a rule in that if you don't make the playoffs or if you're one of those six, I think they f- you get fined. Yeah, which is looking kind of weird. That's like shows what the priority is. It's a little, it's a little, that's a little money. Those Benjamins, eh? It's all about the Benjamins. And we we're already at an hour, so let's <laughs> knock, <laughs> knock through some of these names. Let me find some that we know, and uh, yeah, we'll get moving. An interesting one. I don't know if you if you saw this too. Maro Manotas used to play with. Uh, he came over from Tijuana to Atlas. He used to play with Houston Dynamo in the MLS, and Cruz Azul wanted him a couple years back. Uh, I saw him get to Atlas, and I was like, "Dude, what the? F- they are they be campeones mm-hmm. two times in a row, and they get this stud, um, like a." Center, he's like a striker, but he, he can also drop down like a false nine. Yeah. And uh, he freaking tears his ACL the first game. Wow. Wow, that sucks. That's terrible. Yeah, it's bad. So then um, Atlas went out and they got um, Osejo from Santos, which I I mean, obviously the injury is horrible, but um, young Mexican dude. Gonna get his chance. Hopefully, he tears it up. Um, but yeah, moving on. I just want to drop that note. Um, Daniela Seves is the guy that I mentioned earlier from Pachuca. Okay. Going to uh, Real Oviedo. It's on loan. He's what, like 19? 21. Oh, 21. That's the thing, dude. I they have they can't be under 20 because like the Mexican league doesn't appreciate. Like, yeah. They just don't. Given that shot, you're just like, oh, is he is he freaking twenty? No, he's like twenty seven. <laughs> All right, he, he can probably start now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Está maduro. He's yeah. good. He's good. He's no longer a little kid. Um, yeah, but that's, that's wow. Well, didn't Chivas get Rubalcaba or uh, this Pumas kid? No, he's still at Pumas. So who's the other young Mexican? They got guy? Alan Mosso. Alan Mosso. Who was killing it last season. Yeah, and just going on the same boat of saying the, we think these guys are young, Alan Mosso is 25. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah, 25, 25. And he's barely breaking out. Well, I mean, he's been tearing it up at Pumas for a couple of years now. But he was on, like, the U23 squad a couple of years ago with the Selección. Oh. Um, that's a grown-ass man. The Rubalcaba kid is from yeah. the L.A. area. Yeah. I think he's a dual national. Um, hopefully he kills it as well. And We'll probably have a, one of these times we'll have a section on dual Nats. 
Mexican American kids. Yeah. Um, you being a dual, you're not dual national. Well, your parents are from Mexico, Mexican, but you were born yeah, here, right? But I was born here. You were like, I would be more of that definition if I. Well, you would be that de- definition if you decided to play for the U.S. because you were born in Zacatecas, right? Right, right. I would be that if I chose to play for Mexico. For Mexico, yeah. Right. Um, which is crazy. And let's 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 just follow that same train. <laughs> let's follow the same train of thought. Talking about playing where you play and how that comes into play in like your life and your decisions and stuff. Santiago Ormeño. There we go. Going to Chivas from Leon. Um, I, I don't think I had that on my list because it's pretty frequent, pretty recent, like yesterday, because trophies screwed it all up. It's um, trophies. But Santiago Ormeño, born in Mexico City, Peruvian parents. Biggest deal for Chivas. Chivas people are complaining and complaining and complaining because he is hashtag not Mexican or quotes not Mexican. But also, I'll start the hashtag. Yeah, but I think I feel like people are just hating because he decided to represent Peru. Yeah. So just to give some context for the folks that know, don't know Liga Mekis that much or maybe just not Chivas specifically, Chivas has a rule where they play with only Mexican players. They're one of the few teams in the world that do that. They only play with domestic players. Um, they have a couple of players that are Mexican-American. Isaac Brizuela was born in San Jose. Do you know he was born in San Jose? Yeah. Um, uh, Ponce, Pocho Ponce was born in SAC. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're playing there. But the biggest thing is they've never had a player that would rather play for a different national team. Or they do play for it is the better way to say it, right? But Santiago Armenio is... Mexican Peruvian, born in Mexico, right? Born in Mexico City, yeah. And currently is with the Peruvian national team. Chivas went and signed him, and all hell broke loose because people were like, "That's not a Mexican." Yeah, is that kind of wild? It is wild. What do you think? I just think he's Mexican. He was born in Mexico, and even, I mean, there's a debate. I know Mexican sometimes has like Argentinians like Funes Mori. Yeah. And like Guignac saying that he feels a lot more Mexican. Yeah. Than many players. But, you know, this guy was literally born in Mexico. You can't take that away from him. Mm-hmm. So for Chivas fans to say, oh, I almost feel like they're salty. Yeah. That he didn't choose to play for Mexico. It's like, you can't blame the guy. He's still Mexican. He's True. still born in Mexico. And, well, the interesting thing, he wanted to play for Mexico. Right. So it was also his first choice. And uh, I think it was under Tata still now. Yeah. said no. Obviously, he has priority. Other players have priority. Because um, there were some players that were doing better than him at the time, right? But uh, Ormeño was doing very well when he was at León. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I, a lot of people thought he deserved that call up, they could have at least cap tied him yep. and just put him in, stash him in the back pocket in case they need him later or just never call him again. And he's Mexican, right? But they didn't. And then he went and he played with Peru and interesting enough, he hasn't been playing consistently recently, but he was on the Peru team that just played against Australia. Australia. He was on the bench. Wow. I don't think he didn't go in. So um, he can still represent Mexico, right? No, he's played. 
He's, oh, he's played qualifiers. No, yeah, he played a good amount of qualifiers, especially oh, when he was okay. at the top level. He was playing. He, oh, wow. I remember it was a big deal because I think he, in one of the qualifying, like the windows, he didn't play until the last game. And people were like, oh, he can come back and maybe play for Mexico. And then they put him in. Wow. Um, no, he's, I'm pretty sure he's cap tied. But like your take, you're a Chivas fan. Like, what do you think about this? So at first, at first, uh, I feel like it was like, I was thinking it from like a very traditional standpoint. And I was like, oh, maybe there's something there, right? Like that, like he shouldn't be right. But like, no, 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 no. Like, it's just looking too much into it. He is Mexican. Yep. Es mexicano el cabrón. Yep. Chilango. He's from Mexico City. He's Mm. the most Mexican motherfucker out of all of us. Yep. And to say, like, look at him differently, like, you're not Mexican. No. He literally, by definition, is. And he also wanted to play for the national team. He just wasn't allowed, wasn't selected, and then he went where he got the opportunity. Right. Um, you can't blame him for that. I guess what my original, what I meant at the beginning, like that at first I thought like why, it was more about why sign him, because he's not playing, oh, at all, nothing. He's he, he his card is owned by uh, he he's on bench for Leon, which Leon is owned by Grupo Pachuca, and what happened is that Chivas traded. Chofis, ex-Earthquakes, what's up, what's good? Uh, <laughs> Chofis, they traded Chofis over to um, Pachuca in exchange for, weird how this shit works, in exchange for Leon's third, fourth string striker to Chivas. And that's the, another interesting take that we should maybe next episode get into. All these multipropiedades. Oh, multipropiedades, yeah. Especially because the dude from Orlegi, um, from the Santos Atlas one, that fool's been coming out in a lot of interviews lately with hot takes about the league. Yeah, but um, the way that I looked at it was there's so many other Mexican players. One Chivas needs a solution because JJ Masia, their starting striker, got hurt towards yeah. ACL or or some ligaments in his knees. He's out for the season. Out for the season. He was trying to come back for the World Cup because he was starting to score, and he he's. He's been one of the very, like, young, good jewel, like, a diamond in the rough players. But, I mean, sucks. Now he's out for the World Cup. No chance. Yeah. But he gets hurt. They need a striker because Angel Saldivar is there. And that fool can't score a goal to save his life. <laughs> so they're looking elsewhere. There were rumors that they were going to get Brandon Vasquez from Cincinnati, who is second or third in place in goals scored in the U.S. Wow. He came out of the Tijuana Academy, but he's Mexican-American. But he hasn't played for the U.S., so, like, if he wants to play for Mexico, he would be good. There were rumors that they wanted El Mudo Aguirre from Santos. Just pretty okay. good, but he's, he's not... Pretty good. He's But he's a striker, but he's, like, a false striker, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he drops. Comes in from right? deeper. Um, Chivas need that raw striker. But they need a freaking striker. Alexis yep. Vega will do it all for you. He'll run everywhere. Just get him a fucking striker. But, like, the way that I was looking at it was, like, okay, it's going to cause a lot of drama to bring this ki- this kid in because he plays for a different national team, right? And he's and he's not playing. And you're giving up trophies. Trophies killed it with the earthquakes, got very good stats. 
And um, I think the reason why they did is probably because Chivas is probably struggling financially too. And they did give trophies for Ormeño in cash. I don't know the exact amount, but they're getting money back for him. Mm. Um, but I think that there were other players that they could have gone for, but Chivas is known for getting the short end of the stick with Nash, with Mexico Mexican players because they're yep. the only ones that need them. Yep. So the teams will like up the price. Yep. Mark for, up. for players that nobody else goes for. But I wanted them to look into Angel Saldiv, uh, Angel Sepulveda from Querétaro. Okay. He used to play with Chivas back right. in the day. Sounds familiar. And he was one of the top goal scorers last year, the year before, with like five goals, which is not that much. Uh, Mexican goal scorers. Right. And he's now, he's still starting, I think, the first couple of games with Querétaro. But they brought in a couple of extranjeros, which you know how the game goes. They're going to they're gonna take that fool's job. Yep. So bring that fool back to Chivas, god damn it. But... But nothing wrong with Ormeño. But yeah, let's 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 leave it right there. A little hot topic at the end. God damn, it's already eleven twenty. <laughs> Holy sh! But yeah, that's all that we got today. We'll see if you guys listen to this. It's because we're gonna pursue a career in podcasting. You already know. Um, but yeah, that's all that we got. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening. And until next time.